This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, November 4th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Ross Herzog to step down as Telluride Town Manager, breaking down vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds, county seeks to update affordable housing mitigation requirements, and a mountain weather forecast. Ross Herzog is stepping down as Telluride Town Manager. Herzog will stay in his job through the end of the year. He has held the position of town manager since 2017. In a news release, Herzog says he has, quote, truly valued his time serving as town manager, adding he's proud of the work the town of Telluride has accomplished over the last four years. According to the town, Herzog has shown, quote, loyalty, dedication and vision during his time as manager. Officials point to his dedication to supporting staff and Telluride residents when it comes to health and safety during the COVID pandemic. The town says Herzog will be sorely missed and wishes him success moving forward. Herzog was unavailable to provide comment on the day of broadcast. The town has not yet announced a timeline or process for hiring a new town manager. Almost a year after the first coronavirus vaccines were approved in the U.S., kids age 5 to 11 are now eligible for the jab. This is great news and something we've been anticipating for many, many months now. That's San Miguel County Public Information Consultant Lindsay Mills speaking about the approval on CODO on Thursday. Federal regulators gave the okay earlier this week. The kids will get a two-dose series of the Pfizer vaccine. Like adults, the doses will be administered three weeks apart, but both shots will be a smaller dose. So it's going to be a 10-microgram dose, where adults and anybody above that age group, 12 years and older, would be receiving a 30-microgram dose. In clinical trials for 5 to 11-year-olds, Mills explains the vaccine was about 90% effective in preventing symptomatic infection and 100% effective in preventing severe disease. There were also some mild side effects. On the arm where the children got the shot, there was pain, redness, and some swelling potentially um, common to many other vaccines. Additionally, um, some of the other side effects that were bodily were tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, fever, and nausea. Most of those symptoms were um, very similar to what adults felt when they got their Pfizer doses. Um, Most are very mild and went away on their own after a day or two. When it comes to why younger children should get the COVID vaccine, Mills explains that while kids have much less risk of getting severe disease from COVID than older people, they aren't immune. There are children that are being hospitalized with this virus and are dying because of this virus. Um, The death rates are much higher than other diseases that we vaccinate children for, such as the flu. Um, And it's, it's very important that we protect our youth from a disease that is vaccine preventable. Mills adds getting kids vaccinated can also help them in school. When it comes to quarantine, fully vaccinated children that have high-risk exposures and just standard classic classroom exposures do not have to quarantine unless they're symptomatic. Finally, Mills notes the holiday season is approaching. This is expected to be the highest travel season since the beginning of the pandemic, which means that if you're traveling to see your grandparents, um, great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, at-risk family, you're going to be coming into contact with more people at the airport and at transit stations and along your way to see those people 
Um, so vaccinating your child and making sure your family is fully vaccinated while going to see those at-risk family members can protect them from transmission as well. There will be several opportunities for 5- to 11-year-olds to get vaccines in the coming weeks. Next week, the state public health department will be giving COVID and flu shots to anyone eligible for them in Carhenge in Telluride on Thursday, November 9th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Wednesday, November 10th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. State Public Health will also be in Norwood with all those vaccines on Wednesday the 10th from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Pig Palace. The county will also hold two pediatric-focused vaccine clinics on November 16th and 18th. November 16th will be at Telluride Intermediate School right after that early release starting at 12.45 in the afternoon. And then November 18th will be in Norwood at Norwood's Lone Cone Library beginning at 3.45 p.m. and concluding at 4.30 p.m. Um, and those will be pediatric-focused. So. Five to 11 year olds are the only people eligible to receive doses during those clinics. And our staff will be specifically trained to address pediatric injections. So when you're thinking about kids that have fear of needles and or don't like going to the doctor, that staff will be specifically trained to deal with pediatrics and with children. For more information on vaccine and testing opportunities available across the county, head to sanmiguelcountyco.gov and click on the COVID tab. San Miguel County is considering revising its affordable housing mitigation requirements for single and two-family residential unit construction in the R1 school district. Developers currently pay a residential affordable housing impact fee based on the size of the home they're building. The county commissioners want to change the codes to only allow payment up to a certain threshold, beyond which developers must build an accessory dwelling unit. Prior to the county adopting this fee structure, if I, my memory serves me correct, they would require a unit at approximately between five and 10,000 square foot of for the size of that um, of proposed housing. And so similar to that, we would require a deed restricted ADU or caretaker unit in the F zone if they were above a certain size. That's County Senior Planner John Hubner discussing the potential changes with the Board of County Commissioners this week. The commissioners are also interested in ways to incentivize or require that currently constructed ADUs be occupied. But Hubner notes the planning department is uncertain if current owners can be obligated to rent their ADUs. It might be more effective to include incentives and financial assistance from the county to stimulate them to offer these for a long-term deed restriction or a long-term rental, I should say. The commissioners are also exploring increasing the mitigation rate, which determines the fee amount developers can pay for affordable housing mitigation. On the high end, the county's current 37% mitigation rate will generate about $60,000 for a 12,000-square-foot unit. This amount, obviously, as you guys are aware, is not enough to finance or even come close to building even a single unit. Hubner presented projects for the mitigation rates as high as 70%, which would generate as much as $155,000 for a 12,000-square-foot home. Still, even at that level, it would not be enough to even build a single unit. 
The planning department also suggests the county change its housing impact fee methodology. Currently, the fee is based on the gap between the historical cost of building affordable housing projects and what their units can be affordably sold for. Hubner notes the method is complicated and hard to explain. The department recommends switching to the same method used by the town of Telluride, known as the market affordability gap approach. Its approach is to uh, ascertain the difference between the market price of housing and the price that is affordable for households for which the housing is intended. The approach, he notes, is easily understandable and allows for frequent updates. The Board of County Commissioners support moving ahead with the new fee approach. No decisions were made on the other housing mitigation changes, but the planning department plans to bring forward a draft land use code amendment synthesizing the potential new requirements for the commissioners to review. The U.S. Forest Service and Telluride Ski Patrol will be conducting artillery training on the mountain next week. Telski and the Forest Service operate artillery on the resort as an avalanche mitigation tool. Individuals are asked to stay away from the area during the training. Artillery shrapnel can be deadly as far as 2,000 feet from the point of impact. Warning signs are placed around the resort as a reminder. During the training, the public can also expect to hear loud noises coming from the resort. The training will take place on Friday, November 12th, beginning at approximately 9 a.m. and continuing throughout the day. The ski resort is currently closed to all public access. It will open for the winter season on Thursday, November 25th. It's that time of the year again. In the wee hours of Sunday morning, the clock will inch towards 2 a.m. before falling back an hour. But daylight savings time means more than getting an extra hour of sleep. It also means dusk will come earlier, and animals using the twilight hours to migrate will likely coincide with rush hour. Colorado Parks and Wildlife are urging drivers to share the road this fall and pay special attention following the clock change. According to CPW, a number of big game are traveling to winter habitats and cross or use roadways in their migration. CPW officials note that roughly 4,000 wildlife vehicle collisions are reported each year, but drivers can help reduce those numbers. CPW asks all drivers to slow down, stay alert, scan ahead, and obey traffic signs, notably wildlife warning signs. For a lot of people in and around Telluride, one of the top issues on their minds is housing. And it's not just an issue for San Miguel County. KOTO has partnered with multiple stations in the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition to report a series of stories looking at economic mobility through housing to understand how the challenge and possible solutions are playing out across the region. Today, we're sticking close to home. Ridgeway is in an affordable housing crisis. However, some relief is on the way. Ure County's first low-income housing complex is under construction. KVNF's Laura Palmasano takes a look at the project. It is really tough to find housing here. It becomes who you know and whether you got to them quickly enough. That's Deidre Silbert. She's the Community Initiatives Facilitator for the town of Ridgeway. We are sitting outside on a bench across the street from a housing project under construction in the historic downtown. Silbert says it's a step toward addressing Ridgeway's housing issue. 
we hope that that's going to really help. It's not going to solve the problem, but it's going to make things a little bit better. She says it will increase the town's housing stock about 5%, adding 30 rental units. The development is called Ridgeway Space to Create, a mix of one- and two-bedroom apartments plus community space. Silbert says the units will have high ceilings and lots of natural light. So they're usable by lots of different types of crafts and craftspeople. The intention has always been to have it possible for someone to be able to live here and to work out of their space. Colorado Space to Create is a state-led program to create affordable housing and workspace for people in creative industries. Trinidad in southern Colorado was the first community to develop one. Colorado Creative Industries, a part of the state's Office of Economic Development, oversees the initiative. Margaret Hunt is the department's director. She says Trinidad is a funky artistic community that wanted to revive its historic downtown and increase its population. Hunt says under the Space to Create program, the community decided to renovate three historic buildings for its project site. That project turned out to be not only those three historic buildings on Main Street, but new construction a few blocks away. It's a total of 41 units of affordable live workspace and workforce housing with about 20,000 square feet of community space. Hunt says local leadership in the community is critical in moving projects forward. A lesson learned in Trinidad where changes in the city's leadership occurred and it took time to bring the new employees up to speed on the project. In order for a community to be eligible for a space to create housing project, it must be a state-certified creative district, have a population of less than 50,000 in a rural area, and strong local support. Ridgeway was the first competitively selected community for the program in 2016, beating out Telluride and Mancus. Colorado Creative Industries says Ridgeway has the highest concentration per capita in the state of people employed in the arts and creative industries, about 12% of the town's population. The development will be the first affordable housing project in Uray County. It will serve people making 30 to 80% of the area median income. In terms of actual money that came from the general fund, there's really just been staff time and the cost of half of the lot. Deidre Silbert says the town contributed $130,000 toward the purchase of the lot. The project has an estimated price tag of $10 million overall. In Ridgeway, a town of 1,200 people, we could never afford to do something like this, a project like this of this magnitude and with this cost if we didn't have all of the state players and the foundation players that we have had from the very start. ArtSpace is the nonprofit developer behind the project and Space to Create Colorado. The Minneapolis-based organization specializes in creating affordable housing and workspace for artists. It has developments across the country. Andrew Michelson with ArtSpace says the main struggle for the organization when working in any community is competing for limited resources. The demand and the need for affordability is so far beyond the resources available to develop it. The competition amongst developers for those resources is strong. It really puts a lot of pressure on getting the resources all assembled to make them happen. Silbert says the project in Ridgeway changed course to meet community needs. It's moved from being primarily in the concept stage, being a space for people to create in all sorts of different ways. It has evolved into being really a workforce housing facility that intends to be a creative community in whatever ways it can. The biggest challenge for the projects in Ridgeway and Trinidad was securing funding. Both communities applied twice to the state before being awarded federal low-income housing tax credits, the primary source of funding for the developments. 
Ridgeway's project is scheduled to be done by next summer. Anyone who meets income eligibility requirements can apply to live there. Colorado Space to Create wants to build seven more affordable housing projects across the state over the next decade. Each project will be tailored to meet local needs. Grand Lake will be the next community to get one. It's in the design phase now. In Ridgeway, I'm Laura Palmisano. Congressman Joe Nagoose has introduced a bill that he says could help prevent mass shootings like the one that happened in his hometown of Boulder in March. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. The End Gun Violence Act would stop people convicted of violent crimes from buying guns for five years. It mirrors a state law that was passed in the months after the King Super shooting, which was allegedly carried out by a gunman convicted of assault a few years earlier. Nagus unveiled the proposed restrictions alongside families who lost relatives in the attack. It's our hope that the action that we're taking today will prove critical in stopping future events of violence. Nagus faces a bigger challenge than state lawmakers did because Congress has not shown a willingness to regulate guns as strictly as Colorado has. While the state has a so-called red flag law allowing judges to temporarily take weapons away from dangerous people, Congress has not embraced a national version. I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around freezing. Friday should be sunny during the day and mostly clear at night with a high near 60 degrees and a low in the mid-30s. Saturday, expect sunny skies with a high near 60 degrees. Saturday night should be mostly clear with a low around 35. This has been the news for Thursday, November 4th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Come to the pasta dinner. Girl Scout Troop 116236 is hosting a pasta dinner at the Elks Lodge in Tyride, Colorado. We are raising money to go to space camp next summer. It will be on November 12, 5 to 8 p.m. Entry fees are 15 for kids and 15 for adults. There is the pasta and the salad. And last but definitely not least, the garlic bread. And more. Oh, like dessert? You'll have to come and see. Where'd the, where'd the spaghetti go to dance? The meatball. But um, Stay warm, stay safe, and eat some pasta. Hey Coda listeners, this is Jacqueline with Eco Action Partners and the CARE Program, also called the SMPA IQ Weatherization Program. The CARE Program is for renters and homeowners alike. If you live in a house, a mobile home, apartment, duplex, condo, a structure, then this applies to you. The CARE Program offers free energy efficiency upgrades for you, saving you tons of money on your energy bills this year. We come in and evaluate your home for free, install the upgrades for free, and make the home improvements happen for you, all for free for you. This is paid for by your local utility companies, San Miguel Power Association and Black Hills Energy, in conjunction with EcoAction Partners and Energy Outreach Colorado. So how do you apply? Go online to ecoactionpartners.org and click on SMPA IQ weatherization for more information or call Eco Action Partners at 
1340. Again, that's ecoactionpartners.org or call 970-728-1340. Save money on your energy bills and make your home more comfortable this winter season. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.